And here we go, folks. Welcome to Inside Middle Tennessee on this bright, sunny, cheery day. Isn't it wonderful out there, Sheila? It is positively <laughs> balmy. <laughs> you know, that uh, those scattered showers, I think, all kind of congealed and they parked did. right over Murray County. They scattered all at once right here. You know? Mm-hmm. Lord knows how much it's raining. Out I there. don't know. It's, well, I uh, came in, of course, on Carter's Creek Pike, and along there, about where Harlan Road comes into to Carter's Creek Pike, there was water in the road. Yeah, wow. yeah, coming down fast and hard. Uh-huh. But in all fairness, it it was uh, up until about a couple of days ago when it kind of this stuff started. Uh, we were pretty dry. Well, the the uh, we fertilized. In recent days, and we are glad to have the rain on our hay because in the back, in my backyard, I could see cracks in the ground. Yeah, so we really needed the rain. Well, Scott can't wait because he just wants to cut that hay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's ready. It's ready. It, yeah, yeah, already. We ready. we drove around yesterday and looked at it. I said, "Looks kind of sparse to me." He said, "No, no, that down under. <laughs> the down under is what counts." Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. All right, folks, I'm Jim Ross. we got Terry Wilcox on the board. we got Representative Scott Sapicki in today and Miss Sheila Hickman. Sarah Elizabeth is playing hooky. Yes, she is at, at Baker School. They are having their fundraiser, the Bulldog yeah. Swim. Run. The yeah. Bulldog Swim. <laughs> I guess they changed <laughs> change the name. Uh, but they, as usual, all of our schools do fundraisers. Back, I guess, to the time of the caveman, schools have had to do fundraisers. The funniest fundraiser school school story I know is that early in the ages when MacDowell was a beginning elementary school, the school needed a piano. The children raised a pig and sold it. So they could buy a piano for MacDowell School. <laughs> if any of you school board members are listening, keep that in mind. <laughs> Can you see the poster promoting that? Yeah. Pianos for pigs. That's right. Or pigs for pianos. How but about you that? Know, they, I know it would be nineteen, the early nineteen hundreds. But imagine that. Well, I can remember, I mean, I'm a MacDowell alumni and uh, rode my bike to school. Yeah, and, and I can remember this would be about nineteen early sixties. And MacDowell Carnival was a oh, big it was a, deal. A, it was a citywide thing. Yeah. yeah. It was a big deal. Yeah, there wasn't anything else going on uh, uh-uh. that, that weekend. Uh-uh. But schools have always sold candy bars, sold Christmas wreaths, magazines. sold magazines. Uh, magazines, I think, have gone by the wayside, and that was the biggest mess to try to sell magazines. And if you didn't meet your goal, you were just an outcast. <laughs> but since magazines are fading away with the demise of newspapers, I don't guess those people make those jillions of dollars they made from children selling magazines. Do you remember in the day? I remember growing up in the day for football and stuff. You had to sell the. They came in boxes, the long, skinny pieces of chocolate. Remember those? Oh yeah. Because yeah. you'd have to sell it for like it was like 50 cents for oh, a thing yeah. of chocolate. Yeah. You'd have to sell like 9,000 of them, right? <laughs> and my dad uh, my dad worked at Anheuser-Busch, and he was a shop steward down there. 
And so he would bring these candies down there and just leave them there and just say, hey, put a dollar in the cup and you can take a piece of candy because he knows the guys yeah. would want to eat candy all the time. And so he would just sell them oh, all the time. Oh, good. We did a pretty good – that was a pretty good racket. I was like, it's a pretty good way to do it. Now, what's that candy? It started with a T, like, like to- Toblerone's. Yeah. Yeah, that was That's a chop, big, big tobl- fundraiser. Toblerone, yeah. Toblerone. And all. So – Anything else? What What else did y'all ever ever sell for uh, a fundraiser? Well, I I've, I helped start Project Graduation at Central many years ago. That safe party for children after graduation, and and we sold everything. We sold t shirts. We sold. We had a car wash. We had a yard sale. We had a. We did everything on our. Oh, one of my favorite ones is that we. <laughs> That we went to a Vanderbilt basketball game and they were selling apples sliced with caramel on them. Well, you could get used to that. Oh, now. yes. Well, uh, you made a sweet tooth on a Miss, college student. Miss Skelly and I sold 10,000 apples at Central High School basketball games and we were covered. Rita Skelly and I were covered with caramel syrup, but they sold like hotcakes. And, and, and I would say, buy one of these, support Project Graduation. And we, we, I left them with a lot of money put by for Project Graduation. Now, that's been a long time ago, and I hope they didn't spend it all in one spot. But uh, people are very generous with school-sponsored events. But I, I still think we would be better off if at the beginning of the year the uh, authorities there, the principal or whoever, would send a note home and saying, please send us $20. If you send us $20, we won't ask you for anything the rest of the year. <laughs> you get a lot of takers. I'd send them $20. Yeah. You know. Hey, elaborate on Project Graduation. I mean, tell everybody kind of what that's well, about because it's coming up. For yes, a- it is. It is an all-night party honoring the graduates. Uh, we take them somewhere. We used to take them to the Recreation Center in Williamson County. We spend all night with them. We play games. We feed them. They can go swimming. Now they go to the rec center at MTSU. But uh, we keep them there all night and entertain them. Supposedly, two most dangerous nights in high school students' lives are prom night and graduation night. That's when they're most likely to get into something. So this, <laughs> we started this, and I don't even know how many years ago. But uh, we had great response from the community and from everybody. And then, you know, we we did all, and we gave away door prizes. Everybody, everybody got a prize. Of some, of some sort. Yeah. Of some sort. It got so I could just walk into a business here and they'd say, well, what do you want, Sheila? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have to do that now. I've turned that over to Sarah Elizabeth. And the, one of the fun, the most fun things we ever did, was when Enoch was the sheriff, I said... That's Enoch George, folks. Yes, Enoch George. He married my cousin, Phyllis. And I said, Enoch, would you come and play bingo at Project Graduation, and the children and the parents, not the children, the parents just hoo hoo hoo. They said they won't play bingo. That's just so old-fashioned. Who would want to play bingo? And he played bingo with them all night, and gave <laughs> them little some kind of little memento of the occasion. And I think Bucky Rowland does it now, 
But uh, but that's that is a bigger hit than they thought. Right? Oh yeah, and I was so happy because I was right. I told them they like bingo, and you know the, <laughs> the children and they when they by the time we get them home, they're ready to go home and go to bed. One time the biggest splash we ever made was that is we commandeered the General Jackson and we had the whole showboat to ourselves. Good lord. Oh. I, I think I may sign up for that one. Uh, listen, I've, I, I cannot begin to list the things I've done for Central High School. The list it would be too, too long to write down. But we were in the big time. And we rode to downtown Nashville, and they fed us, and we came right Get back on at Lower Broad? Yeah. Well, we didn't get off. We just stayed out. Okay. We just rode around. And the Delta Queen happened to be docked in Nashville. That's a big so the boat, ch- too. So the children got to see that. But that was that was one of our biggest splashes. Wow! I know. How about that? You know, you know, we need uh, Scott. We need Sheila to uh, commandeer a party bus downtown <laughs> on Lower Broad and take them all on there. <laughs> they're, too, they're too wild for me. You know, that would be kind. Of, that that would but be. But we, kind we of, I don't, I don't suppose anybody could afford to do that now. But there, I don't, I don't remember what it cost us. But I remember we were just prouder than punch that we were able to do that. And we took took them on the school bus. Nobody drives. We take them wherever we're going on the school bus. How many school buses? Well, it depends on how many come. You know, we could have three or we could have four. Just depends on how many sign up. Yeah, I was gonna say typically, how large was your crowd? Probably about three school buses. Okay, that would be about 30, 30, 40 yeah, kids about, a bus. Well, and it could be, we, we usually had somewhere over 100, and and the graduating classes would be, you know, 300 or so, maybe more in those great big days. And uh, and they, it was optional. Some, some had other plans, and they chose not to go with us, but the ones who went with us just had a grand time. I say, well, the parents probably sat on them a little bit, too. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The ones that had to. Yeah. <laughs> I just had to stay home. But I, I did it. I chaired it two times. Once for, I don't know what year it was, and then the year Sarah Elizabeth graduated, I felt it incumbent upon me to do it for Sarah Elizabeth because <laughs> I'd done it for all those other I'm children. sure she was highly pleased oh, that her she mother was, was But I just said, I've turned my fundraising skills over to her. And so I don't have to raise any funds now. <laughs> and, and, and let her do it? Yeah, she can do it. She she helped get this dog dogwood, this bulldog thing together, and they they raised yesterday. The count was six thousand dollars. Well, now where's that money going? It will go the P, goes to the PT, PTO, and then they will use it to enrich the school programs to buy things that teachers need. To buy things that the county ought to furnish. <laughs> oh, here comes the soapbox. That's right. That's right. You know, I just I think I've told y'all about the time we started school and Mr. Lloyd said, Well, we don't have any instructional supply money. They didn't didn't budget any instructional supply money and he said, If you want some chalk, you'll have to buy it yourself. So I went that evening, went and got my groceries at Kroger's, I bought me a box of chalk. <laughs> they had chalk at, at Kroger's? Yeah, they did back in the, I don't even know when that was. It was a long time ago, but I was so incensed that, that they couldn't afford to buy teachers in Murray County a box of chalk. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not too surprised. No, I would. I guess I should have known that was uh, the status quo, but I was really 
indignant about the whole thing. <laughs> As you are now. Yeah, it still makes me mad. You know. Uh, so if you're listening on the school board, that was for you. There you go. <laughs> la da da. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I do had a had a public service request uh, from Mike Shane, who does a lot of work with Harvest Share, yes. and they're having another food giveaway of a truck load at Murray Hills. They I asked him what time should it start. He said, "Well, tell everybody nine, but the truck should get there sometime between eight thirty and nine. T. Willie might use that for your eleven o'clock uh, stuff." But uh, so Murray Hills is going to have another food giveaway. How wonderful. And I also want to remind everybody <laughs> out here that Sunday is what, Sheila? Mother's Day. Yeah, so if uh, any uh, <coughs> people that are male are listening, if you want to keep out of trouble, you had best remember that Sunday is Mother's Day. Is Mother's Day. Now, Sheila. You got anything? Did you ever get anything wild for a Mother's Day gift? Well, I probably got. Well, I don't reckon I ever got a weed eater. I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to think what I had gotten over the years for Mother's Day. Mostly, I I have gotten jewelry because that's one of my weaknesses. Yeah, well, isn't it? Isn't it most women's? I think so. That and shoes. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, yes. No, no, no day is wasted if you bought a purse. Bought some shoes or had an ice cream cone. There you go. <laughs> you know, and they're all laughing because they think that's funny. You know, now Sheila, you know, you and you and T. Willie would would know this. Scott, I don't know if he's quite old enough, but if you get back far enough with some of these older generation, they abs they thought getting a ice cream cone on Sunday was the bomb. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was the biggest treat in oh, the yes. world. There and was... ice cream was a luxury. Oh, yeah. People, you couldn't, you didn't buy it at Kroger's. You made it at home with one of those things <laughs> that you crank. Yeah. Nobody had an electric one. And then there were two or three, well, there was more than one, but the ice cream place I remember the most was out there on the Nashville Highway. Um... Well, it would be in front of the, where the tobacco warehouse was. It was Gable and Gale. Yeah. And they had frozen custard. And it was so good. Yeah. And you <laughs> thought that was slick. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about something else you, you mentioned earlier. You know, some of us have had the luxury of putting our parents in uh, assisted living of some type. And when it comes to bingo, that's a big deal out there. Oh, yeah. And you know what the difference is between bingo at Project Graduation and bingo at an assisted living facility? No, what do they win? Well, no, it's not that. It's that at the assisted living facility, they cheat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mother-in-law that's out there right now, and uh, she's not in good shape, so she can't, she can't play anymore. But, boy, when she played, she was so competitive. <laughs> I mean, competitive to a fault. I always played golf and tennis yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and and she would she would hide stuff, you know, <laughs> and being put it in bingo, and there it is, you know. And of course, they don't bother to check on it, you know. Here, yeah. Here's here's your candy bar or whatever, but <laughs> you know, but but they cheat. You know? <laughs> I guess at that age, if you want to cheat, you've earned it. Yeah, I would say you probably have. Now, Scott, one thing that's been going on, I think, still, is spring practice still mm-hmm. going on for the, for Wind, the football. <clears throat> mostly winding up right now. We're about a week and a half away from from school ending. Okay, uh, Columbia Academy finished theirs yesterday. 
How long did it last? Two uh, about two weeks. Okay. About, about, about two, two and a half weeks. 14 practices based mostly. Do they do much hitting, or is it just all learning the schemes and, well, uh, and that kind of thing? Columbia Academy, uh, t- uh, a year ago, went through a big change with the new head coach. Uh, Charlie Lance, that was no longer there. Seth Anderson took over and started to put his um, stamp on the program. And so uh, defense was new and offense was new. And so if you look at it over the last five years, Columbia Academy has had a new offense every year. Yeah. And that does not bode well for your offense. Yeah. So this is the second year now. Defense stayed the same. Coach McKnight is still coaching the defense. But this year, Coach Anderson is taking over calling the offense. And he's basically, what he's doing is he's putting in the Tennessee offense. Yeah. Um, a lot of high school coaches now are going to that type of up-tempo, uh, fast-paced offense, trying to catch defenses in, in bad adjustments. Um, and so we're, we're waiting to see it. <clears throat> Wait and see how that's going to pan out for us. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, as everybody knows, we have a very, very big offensive line, probably one of the biggest in the state. Um, it's just all come together. These are the kids that I grew up coaching in middle school, um, and you could just tell as a cohesive unit, uh, these front five are going to be very formidable. They, they, they literally might be the biggest offensive line in the state. Uh, and we have a running back who's rushed for over 1,000 yards the last two years. So everything looks very promising for Columbia Academy, uh, it's just how how quickly they can grasp the new offense, and you got to stay away from injuries. Yeah, and learn I mean, learn the schemes. Well, we don't have, you know, Columbia Central's got sixty, seventy guys on a football team. We'll have about thirty. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, folks, we're up against a break. I do believe that we need to go pay a few bills, and you know, I bet you anything. In just a little while, we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Every morning, I park my car across the street from my business, and I can't wait to get in there. That's pretty common for small business owners. We have the added satisfaction, however, of guiding hundreds of families with their retirement, education, savings, and general investments. We're a locally owned business that tries very hard to simplify a complicated world. This is Monty Sneed from Caledonian Financial in Historic downtown columbia securities and investment advisory services offered through nbc securities incorporated member finra and sipc this is jumpin joe wiley and you're listening to 101.7 wkom columbia Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike 
at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee on such a nice, pleasant beautiful, day. Beautiful day. Yeah. Could, <laughs> couldn't <laughs> be it, much better, could well, it? Well, has it slacked up any? I think it's supposed to this afternoon. So if it rains this morning, okay, we'll, we'll take it because we do need it. Yes, we do. And we'll let it, we'll let it go. But anyway, I bet you there's a bit of history out here somewhere I bet it is I bet it is Uh, people tell me and I'm most appreciative if you're listening that you say I heard that on the radio I'm so appreciative that you're listening to whatever we have I say this is the best non-paying job I've ever had Uh, you you ran into one of our 10 or 15 listeners I did I said (laughs) we always wondered we sit there and look Mr. T. Willie and Jim and Scott and I and Sarah Elizabeth when she's here we wonder if we're just talking to each other (laughs) well you know what guess what that's I think that's really kind of what makes this show work is that we do talk to each other, and we don't care. Well, I say we don't care if anybody else is listening. We do care if anybody else is listening. Yeah. But we'd have a good time even if nobody was. That's right. So I That's think right. that makes for good radio. And then I found out they record these things. They sure do, and they yeah. replay And they will be on in posterity. Somebody may look us up years from now if they've got something to play the, the things on. What is it? <laughs> is it on board. website or, or a Facebook page? That uh, all of these are documented. I, go, yeah. yeah, go on the website. I think it has a link there. Like our Little League Baseball, we not only broadcast it, but we have, uh, have video now. You can go back and watch the game uh, from last night. Isn't um, that wonderful? Uh, hey, Terry, one thing real quick, just as a question. Is history's hook with Tom Price? Is it uh, all of his? Are they all on the website recorded? Yeah, I believe all those big yellow school bus, all those shows that they uh, record in the other room, uh, you can access them off of the face off the internet. Go to our web website, wkrmradio.com, uh, wkomradio.com, wkom and uh, check them out there. And there's links there for 
all that stuff. Well, I think Sheila. That's would, pretty amazing. I think yeah. Sheila would agree with me that Tom Price does a bang up job. Yes, we are so up. fortunate to have him. He is a real you know. historical scholar. Mm-hmm. I'm just a great amateur. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about Highway 31. Since the traffic problem lives in everyone's mind, and when we start out to go somewhere, either into town or out of town, we wonder just what we're going to encounter on US 31. And I I looked it up. I found one of Bob's articles about 31, and I'm going to read some of it because it's funny. And, And Bob, if you're listening... I'm still He and, is. I'm still indebted to you for all the all the things that you taught me. But US Highway thirty one goes through five states. It is one thousand two hundred and eighty miles. It goes through Alabama, Tennessee, Kentucky, Indiana, all the way to Michigan. Well, we need to remind people too, particularly when you go through Alabama, that that the I sixty five basically mirrors 31. Yeah, it's just it right on top of it. Yes. I, my friends, and in, in when they built that I-65 through Montgomery, that split a lot of those big dairy farms down there. Yeah. But at any rate, it has been called the Andrew Jackson Highway. We call, we call it the Nashville Highway. People in Franklin call it the Columbia Highway. It was once called the Beeline Highway, so it's had all sorts of names. And once again, if people want to know, if they want to know a number of a road, I can only tell them the name of where it'll take you. Well, tell everybody what they call it when it goes south of Columbia, Pulaski Pulaski Pike. Pike. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where the line is. I think it's I think it's where old Shoney's where Shoney's used to be and Legends Restaurant is now. It starts now. there. Yeah, I think I'm it's, where, it's it's James Campbell. James yeah. Campbell. It's, it shifts James Campbell. Yeah, I think formally it's called Pulaski Highway. But it depends which way you're going. But all of if us, if you're call coming it. from Pulaski, it is Columbia Highway. Yeah, it's it depends which way you're going. <laughs> it's, it's a southern thing. <laughs> and oh, welcome I, to the south, Scott. Well, because they could give you north, south, east, and west directions. Based off of the name of the highway. Yeah. If you're going to Pulaski, you know you're headed south. Yeah. If you're going to Columbia or you're going to Franklin, yeah. you know you're headed north, right? Uh, yeah. Lawrenceburg Highway, right? You know, yeah. it, 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 they give you directions. Yeah. And east and west to give you a reference of what they call it. Well, well Mount Pleasant Pike. <clears throat> there's your history Mount lesson Pleasant today. Pike. Yeah, yeah, well, anything north and south ends in a, <clears throat> a, a one, three, five, seven, whatever. Mm-hmm. And if they're uh, zero, two, four, they go east and west. Yeah. But if you look at a map, 31 is almost a line from Mm -hmm. Michigan right on down, right on down to Alabama, just right on down. Well, just let it be known that we could get Sheila off topic just as well as we can, Sarah Oh, yes. Well, back when Lamar Alexander did all that foolishness about school, when you get off the subject, they called it bird walking. We thought that was so funny. (laughs) Everybody bird walk okay. pays. Don't though, tell him what he paid to get somebody to teach him that. But anyway, <laughs> it began in 1906, and as we said, I-65 has pretty much supplanted 31. If you're going to the beach and you want to get off and see some real scenery, then get off somewhere around before before you get to Montgomery. Get off on 31 and just drive through 
the, the countryside as it used to be. Well, now, Sheila, when you get off in Montgomery, if you want to go to the beach, depending on part of it, they'll yeah. route you through 231 and 331. That's right. Down, down That's through. That's right. Well, we've been up down there for so many years, we don't need a map. <laughs> <laughs> One time, Eddie and, and Ellie Grace and I turned, we decided we'd get off the main road and we'd listen to the GPS. And we wound up on a road that wasn't even a road. I said, I think this is somebody's driveway. Well, you know, we're old enough, too, to remember going to Florida back in the day before there was an interstate. Oh, yes. It and took forever. It took about 10 hours, which now it takes about six and a half Yeah. Now. Yeah, it just took forever. My relatives lived in Jacksonville, and the, and as we came and went, they would each of uh, my daddy's brothers would try to tell that he came in fewer hours than the preceding one. I think they just made that up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it, it, we have decided that uh, T dot on the website plans to widen thirty one to four lanes. Now think about this from Franklin through Thompson Station to Spring Hill. And I hope we all live to see that. I have been told, and I may have said this before on the radio, that our US-31 was supposed to be four lanes all the way through Williamson County. It was. And Williamson County stopped it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it made Bob Duncan so mad when he started reading about it because yeah. he used to talk about it on his show. Yeah, I, I, said, well, that was where I got They me. had an agreement with them. Yeah. And they went back on the agreement. Yeah, but but I suppose it would have taken away the flavor of their little town. But I say this much, though, Sheila. Can you imagine Columbia if we did not have it four-laned? When Ellie Grace and I head home in the evenings, if we don't go the back way, uh, Industrial Park and around that way and down Dark's Mill, there will be cars backed up from the light at McDonald's all the way back to the Carter's Creek Pike. Yeah. Do you know an elected representative we should talk to about this? I know. He's shaking his head, too. <laughs> Ellie Grace, Grace and I look and we say, whew, the only place I've ever seen the that kind of congestion on a regular, well, not a regular basis, but the first time we went to Disney World in 1974 or something like that, the traffic was backed up from Tampa all the way to Orlando, bumper to bumper. Good Lord. And that's where we are now, bumper to bumper. But I'm, I'm going to read a little bit of Bob's um, because he's, he's just so clever. He says automobiles became more and more popular after the war. People wanted to go places. And he, he quotes Diana Shore, see the USA in your Chevrolet. <laughs> And people felt that they could go. And remember, these cars weren't air-conditioned. Mm. That would make a difference. Roll, yeah, they were. Just roll the windows roll down. The I, had win. a, I tell you what you had. Remember, you had that butterfly vent. All those vent, little things. The butterfly vent on the very front yeah. of the fr- front window, and you would turn it inward yeah. where it would literally about blow you out of the yes, seat. Yes, it would. I hadn't thought about that. But uh, he said Highway 31 was a natural corridor for folks heading from the chilly north to the balmy breezes of the Gulf Coast. Interstate highways, he said, it, it, right after the war, were just an idea in Eisenhower's head. So he, we had not begun in the in the early fifties, the late forties, to think about that. But you know where where Eisenhower got the idea from Europe. Yeah, the Audubon. Audubon, and that's an amazing thing too. He says these. This is quoting Bob. 
These emerging hordes of motorists had to be fed and watered and bedded down. Whole new industries sprang up. We had the Holiday Inn here. And then he mentions Howard Johnson's and mm-hmm. Stuckey's and McDonald's and gas stations where you can trust your car to the man who wears the star. <laughs> and along with these national chains, there were homemade operations. And as you got, and you think about this too, as it got near to Florida, there were advertisements for alligator farms and petting zoos, and you could buy boiled peanuts, pecans, you could buy Chanel bedspreads, you could buy candy, you could ride an elephant, you could have your picture made with an Indian chief, and you could buy postcards to send back home and say, wish you were here. And postcards, I think, used to be three for a dime. Here in Murray County, he says, these days our travelers use I-65. But he said, let's go back to the 1957-ish and take a drive through this area. Heading south from the dusty little town of Franklin through, you came to early cider stand just before the county line. And that's all... Uh, they had hams and honey and all kinds of things. And they used to have a mail order thing, but I think it may have gone by the wayside. Just as you crossed the county line at Spring Hill, there was Stan's Restaurant and Truck Stop. Yeah. And they had a place for the truck drivers to freshen up and, and get gas and so on. And then Stan saw the writing on the wall, and he sold out and built a new stands on I-65. And made a killer. He did. And I can remember when, when we would go to eat there on Friday night, people would line up to get in to go to stands. Well, to kind of give everybody a flavor of that, and I think Sheila would agree with me on, on this one too, he was, stands was Cracker Barrel before there was a Cracker Barrel. Yes, yes. Cracker Barrel came up in the early 70s, yeah. I think. I, and I think, I have heard that they were inspired by stands, but I don't have any documentation that, yeah. for that. Well, they're headquartered in Lebanon. That's very Yeah, they possible. are. All right, it says about, and this is funny. I, I, you'll remember this, but the rest, uh, y'all won't remember this because it was gone. About halfway between Spring Hill and Columbia was my personal favorite, Murphy's Cider Stand. And it was where they're putting in that uh, massive drum right subdivision thing. Oh, Neapolis? Uh, yeah, it was in Neapolis. And they had this, it was a gravity shack, and it was this crazy thing that made you feel like you had lost your balance. I know. I've been there. Uh, yeah. it, it is directly across the street from the Pet Cemetery. That's it. Yeah. That's more and, specific. Yeah, That's we, more we see that all the time on Broadway in Nashville. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I bet you do. A lot of it. People having a hard time keeping their balance. Yeah. But alas. Not gravity, though. It's another issue. <laughs> Alas, the Gravity Shack in Murphy's uh, burned down some time ago. In 1951, the Herald wrote that the new Nashville Highway would be completed soon and would be a four-lane wonder of the atomic age, and it cost a million to complete the 10-mile stretch. Wonder what it would cost now. I'll tell you what, it's it's a million every quarter mile now. Yeah, we couldn't even imagine he, he, Bob said that's probably what it costs now to repaint the center line. Well, hey, Sheila, I know one thing, because uh, Scott knows this number. Scott, you know the number of what they were talking about it was going to cost to four-lane it now through Spring Hill. Remember? Yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's basically $200 million now. Yeah. Say wow. That. I guess we got a good deal when they put <laughs> this in. 
Uh, and he said along that way was the Julian Mays Motel, mm-hmm. the James K. Polk Motel. They were side by side. Yeah, they were. And Stone's Motor Court. Now, you may not remember Stone's Motor Court. I can't say I do. Well, they they had this uh, dining room they call the Moonstone Room. And it was fixed to look like the craters of the moon. I hope somebody listening remembers this. They had these things around this garish colors and all. They had these crater things made out of concrete. And they had twinkling stars in the sky. And and that was a place to go. Well, my age group went to, had parties and dances there. I don't think children do that anymore. But that was the Moonstone Room. And it had all those twinkling lights and all that stuff. And it was uh, kind of darkly lit. It had a lot of atmosphere. But ironically, the Kiwanis met there. And when the Kiwanis met there, they turned the lights up. And so it lost some of its ambiance when it turned <laughs> Bob says those old men sitting there with shirts and uh, with coats and ties in the craters of the moon. He said these old guys in the lunar grotto. At the top of the next hill stood Stuckies. And you, we know that they had those wonderful candies and everybody liked to stop at Stuckies. And that became the pizza maker which was our first pizzeria in town. Remember the Heinz ran the oh, yeah. pizza maker? Well, and he remind people exactly where it is. It where is right C- in, CVS is. Well, it's right next to CVS. Yeah, right in Right that next area. to where CVS is, across from the north side Kroger. Yeah, and that was a big deal. Stuckey's was a big deal. Yes, it was. I remember Big Hoose Crozier used to own uh, part of, or either owned Stuckey's or part of it before they sold it and went over to the pizza maker. Okay. Bob Duckett says he had his first pizza there. <laughs> and he still remembers Wayne Hines and his family running that. Uh, driving through Columbia. Now, this, you pass the Dixie Maid, the, do- the Bypath Donut Shop. The Popcorn Lady on Wooldridge's Corner on her little shop on wheels. And we've talked about the Popcorn Lady before, I think. Where you could get, for a nickel, you could get a massive amount of popcorn. And for a dime, you could get a bag as big as a yard. (laughs) (laughs) And she, she was not a little bitty lady, but this was a little bitty space. And she squeezed herself in there. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you, you, do you want to, you want to throw a little a little more on us? Uh, well, I'll do a little, just a little bit more. He said, "Oh, he said if you think your job's bad, imagine selling popcorn for a nickel." The Polk Theater was built in about 1950, and now that building is empty. So, some mm-hmm. civic-minded, altruistic person with money. Ought to fix that place up. We I'm hoping could, the Arts Council makes another run at getting it. We certainly use that. They need a grant. That's what they need. Is a well, grant I to expect get it. there's one out there somewhere. You know, out uh, somewhere there should be one. And then he goes on the Beeline Highway, winds through over the ridge and into Giles County on the way to the Gulf. And he said most of the landmarks are gone. And I would say all of the landmarks. Perhaps except the Polk Theater are gone. Oh, yeah, pretty much. i tell you what, folks. It, we're up against a break, and we're going to be back in just a very few minutes with Inside Middle Tennessee. 
People often ask about the initials after mine and Monty's names. Those initials are CFP, Certified Financial Planner. As a CFP, we will do our best to help you in the attainment of your financial goals while protecting those assets with proper insurance coverage. We encourage the team approach of holistic financial planning by working alongside your CPA and attorney. This is Gay Pike with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Let's make a plan. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. Here we go. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. All right, folks, we're back. It's 847. we got just a few minutes. You know, Scott, as usual... (laughs) comes in here when it's not in session but all of a sudden he's here coat and tie or so i think he's got to go to work you know now you're working for the state or you working for the mortgage working, for, working for the state oh okay. working for you today <laughs> we appreciate that Thank yes you. we're glad you are we are um you know the governor has announced a special session uh, we are trying uh, there'll be a letter i believe there's going to be a letter going out to metro nashville from the general assembly 
requiring them, asking them, requiring them to release the manifesto and the toxicology report so that we can have a better understanding about what this individual at the Covenant shooting was mentally going through and have testimony from uh, law enforcement, from mental health professionals, and from uh, the medical doctors to tell us what state of mind this person was in and look at the process of the acquisition of the guns to make sure all the laws were followed to try to find out if there's anything there that we could do better in the state of Tennessee to protect people in in, in Tennessee without, without... violating constitutional rights yeah and so that's this that's the sticky wicket we're trying to, to navigate there um we are also looking at filing a bill possibly to uh, when we go into special session to possibly look at uh, uh creating a blue ribbon committee made up of uh, representatives senators appointees of the governors uh, constitutional lawyers medical professionals mental health professionals and have hearings from september to december uh, discussing the, the the mental health aspects of of, of society, um, the the medical. What happens when you give an individual a certain amount of drugs? What happens to their, to their mental psychosis? And then try to come up with an idea of how to make things safer in Tennessee and bring that to the general assembly in January, so that we are um, getting good information, so that we can make good le- <clears throat> good legislation that's effective for people in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're working on there. Uh, there's a couple issues in education we're working on right now. We're trying to transition to mathematics, looking at early education and mathematics. It's going to be a little bit different than the literacy bill because mathematics has numeracy and memorization in it. It's not just phonics. It's a couple different techniques. And a lot of it has to do with time. You 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 continually reinforce and, and, and redo over and over mathematics and then the children will memorize it, right? Um, and then the numeracy comes in is where you can visually, contextually see that, right? If I say to you, well, what is 2 plus 2? In your mind, you're drawing that 2 plus 2. Kids that are in first, second, and third grade can't do that yet. Well, I can report that Ellie Grace can do that. Can do that. There you go. She can do that. She is struggling with uh, some other things, and and that strange math where you draw circles and put lines down on she can do that and i'm i'm proud for because i'm a lot of things but i'm no mathematician <laughs> uh, and then there's you know we start to work on legislation for next year there was a couple issues that have popped up with me uh, i had a, a visitor a young lady from chattanooga that came in that was uh severely bullied in, in school bad uh to the point where they had to pull her out of school and uh, we're working on some bullying legislation, uh, basically looking at it as zero tolerance. You you will not you will not verbally accost somebody. You will not physically accost another student or a teacher. If you do, there will be severe consequences because we have to provide a safe environment for the students and the teachers. Well, what about that poor fellow who was pepper sprayed? Same same thing. Got a teacher that was pepper sprayed by a student. Now we I passed a bill this year, our last year that gave par- us teachers. The ability to re- to take away a student's cell phone if they were told to put it away. Yes. Period. And they can give it back to them at the end of class, or they can turn that into the principal and let the principal handle it. And from what we're seeing here is this this teacher took away a cell phone like they were rightfully under state yeah, code allowed to do. That's the thing. And was going to turn it into the principal, and this student didn't like that and pepper sprayed this teacher. And that was the second time he had been attacked 
Uh, that student? Or? But now the, another, another student. Another student. But, but the way we look at that is that's assault. If I did that to Sheila, yes. if I pepper sprayed her, <clears throat> that'd be assault. Because it is. It is. <laughs> that student should be the level of assault that that district attorney would levy that could be expulsion for a year. I, that, that could somebody, be jail if he's old enough. Somebody, we have got to protect our teachers. Yeah. And that, that, that fellow was on the news, and he said he just couldn't go back. I couldn't go back either. And a, and a lot of the problems we have, and, and I, I can tell you this from firsthand knowledge because I, it's it's come across my desk numerous times. I guess when you're out ch- trying to champion education, yes. people come to you for help. Yes. And we've got, across the state, we have teachers that are being assaulted by students. And I'm talking broken noses, oh, yeah. uh, uh, bl- bl- bloody noses, bruised, touched inappropriately by students. And the first response from the district to the teachers is, well, we can transfer you to another school. To me, that's unacceptable. Or we'll put the student in in school suspension. Right. Or we'll put the student out of school for two days. Well, that just gives them a vacation. That's right. So we are working on legislation to make this where we're getting towards zero tolerance. We have got to get control of our classrooms. And the behavior and the discipline in our classrooms must return because if you have discipline in the classrooms and you have respect in the classrooms for the boundaries of the students and the boundaries of the teacher, now I have a learning environment that these kids can learn in. And plus, when you get higher up in life, right, when you get in the life, T. Willie here, he can't just accost Delk and think he's going to keep his job, <laughs> right? Very, very true. I'm right? not that stupid. You, you can't go work for General Motors and decide you're going to pick up a wrench and throw it at somebody, right? No, that's it, correct. it doesn't work like that. So you have to learn discipline and self-control and understanding that you cannot lay hands on other people, period. And we've gotten away. We've got to get back to that in society of the respect of each other and each other's space, that's right? That's right. And if we can do that, that'll be a major factor in one getting more confidence of our teachers oh, yes. in their classrooms. Teachers will be uh, will feel as if someone has their back. Right. They won't feel as if they're out there all by themselves. And one of the things that we try to reiterate to teachers across the state is, if you have a problem, call us. And with a phone call, sometimes uh, people don't like in districts across the state do not like to get an appearance or a phone call from me showing up in their district because they know there's a problem. Yeah. Now, I've gone to districts and praised them for doing great work. There are some districts that have done the right thing with these students in these classrooms and gotten discipline back, and we're seeing better results. Less classroom uh, problems and more and, and, and more uh, education. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be working today. Uh, i got a, a meeting up in Franklin with some individuals. Then I'll be headed to Nashville, and then hopefully I'll be back home by about 5, 6 o'clock tonight. How long do you expect the special session to last? One week. Okay. If that are lo- you held to one week? No. But if that long, um, I think if the body wants it to be one week, by golly, if the body wants it to be one, one, one minute, I mean, we could, I mean, in in theory, if we don't have the info, how can I make a decision for you if I don't have the information? That's right. Mm -hmm. You don't, and trust me, you don't want us winging it up there. No. You want us getting good information. And if we don't have that manifesto and we don't have that toxicology report and we don't have testimony, what do we fix it? Yeah. Well, it's too vague. And so you could possibly see if we don't have, if if Metro Nashville will not release that to us by the special session, 
You could see us get gaveled in, someone stand up on the House floor and make a passionate plea of, I don't have the information here, make a motion to adjourn, and if 50 representatives say yes, we're done. That's it. Yeah. So we've got to have cooperation from everybody in place so that we can affect good legislation and not trample on anybody's constitutional rights. Yeah. It's t- it's a, this is a tough one. Yeah. So you know, I, I was thinking about your problem with students. I mean, you know that it all gets back to the home and the parents. Oh, yes. Yeah. And if you if you kind of suspend a student or make it to where all of a sudden the parent gets inconvenienced, they got to leave their work for a day. And so they come have, get them. Come get them or go in or go to a court hearing or something like that, then maybe they'll, they'll well, start paying the, attention. The, the thing that we're asking districts to do is when they suspend a student and send them home, create an alternative learning environment, which means the, te- the parents, if it's a minor, has to be home. And you can sit in there and say, we're going to suspend you under the supervision of your parents while you're in class, which means we can do virtual learning or we can send books home. And the teach, parents have to be there to administer that to make sure they're there, which means now we're drawing the parents into this issue. And then what we need to say is before that student comes back to the classroom, a parent, a teacher, an administrator, and an, a, um, a guidance counselor or social worker needs to have a meeting to determine the path forward for the student. Yeah. Because it just can't be two days home, like Sheila said, and then come back and they're right back in the same class oh, and do yes, the same thing. Do that's the same not, thing. That's not acceptable. Hey, we got a couple minutes here. You want to do something fun real quick? Sure. We don't have um, uh, Ellie the Greek here today. <laughs> <laughs> but we have uh, <clears throat> Sheila the Greek. We have the Tennessee Volunteers football schedule. All right. Okay, and we're going to go down the list real quick here because we're short on time. And we're going to ask Miss Sheila to pick winner or, lo- winner or loser. You ready? <laughs> okay. Uh, starting in September 2nd, I'm just going down the list. First is uh, Virginia at home, winner or loss? In winner. Yeah. Winner. Austin P. Oh, winner. <laughs> Sorry for all you Austin P. grads out I like there. all the adjectives she throws in on her <laughs> answers. Ready for this one? Yeah. At Florida. Florida. Whoa. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at home against University of Texas San Antonio. Tennessee. Winner. Okay. South uh, At home against South Carolina. Tennessee. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Wow. At Alabama. Alabama. Oh, boy. Where's coach? <laughs> At Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee. Yukon. Tennessee. Missouri. Tennessee. Georgia at home. We'll do Tennessee. Wow. There you go. Wow. There you go. And f- here's a tough one for you. And finish up. At, uh, home against Vanderbilt. Well, I have, since I have a diploma from there, I'll go with Vanderbilt. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Homer. You can't desert your alma mater. Yes, you can. Eight and four. Eight and four. And, Sheila Hickman, eight and four. All right. Beating Georgia. And the opening game against Virginia is actually at Nissan Stadium. That's right, Nissan Stadium. Oh, right. Nissan I didn't Stadium. know that. Yeah. Well, all right. Eight and four. We'll see if Ellie the Greek disagrees with you. There you me. go. Well, I know we've got about a minute left. We've got any programming notes there, Terry? Hey, well, do you see the NASCAR race? Yeah, I sure Bump, did. Bumped the guy out of out of first place. There, saw that. Yeah. Saw the fight afterwards. Yeah. It was amazing. We old time time NASCAR. Old time NASCAR. <laughs> uh, we got, got and we got NASCAR Saturday from Darlington, starting at noon, uh, with the Xfinity Series, and Sunday at one from uh, again Darlington with the throwback paint schemes is pretty cool. Atlanta Braves baseball five o'clock tonight, uh, one o'clock tomorrow, and then uh, we'll join them right after the church service on Sunday. And then uh, we also got next Thursday again, we'll have Columbia American Little League. And again, you can listen to the broadcast on 103.7 starting at...